Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was so cool. I think you're so talented. Social media is only positive with Zigazoo, the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. In Zigazoo, all community members are verified kids like yours, and all content is fully human moderated. Try out Zigazoo this spring break. Download the Zigazoo app today. As someone who lives for politics, when a major scandal unfolds, it was shocking. I have to know what were they thinking? Backroom deals, huge amounts of money, CIA secrets, sets off a firestorm in Washington, affairs. No way this guy's got a mistress. Corruption. I knew I was a dead man. Warning it's even messier than you thought. United States of Scandal with Jake Tapper, Sunday at 9 on CNN. Billie Eilish and Phineas O'Connell, they're with us today on Crew Call. I'm your host, Anthony DeLisandro. Billie's vocals, it was automatic art. You know, I had to like choose a more challenging route than just like da 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 da. You know what I'm saying? Like it could have been like easier. And a lot of people have asked me like, how did you choose to have it be so soft and like so simple? And what else was it going to like? That's what the song wanted. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Crew Call podcast on Deadline. Are you looking to step up to a 4K smart TV? One that gives you unparalleled clarity and picture resolution? Then we've got good news for you. Because the Vizio 65-inch V-Series 4K smart TV is now just 348 With all your favorite apps built in, you can stream straight out of the box. You can even sing along to all your favorite music and radio on the iHeartRadio app. Looking for a smaller or bigger screen? Vizio offers unbeatable prices on all V-Series 4K smart TVs. Head to Walmart.com today and score the 4K TV you've been waiting for. The Pittsburgh CityCast is presented by Bet Rivers. Bet Rivers Sportsbook is the industry leader when it comes to online sports betting, and it has you covered for the NFL season. They are offering same-game parlays in all pro football matchups. They are bringing back their Reduce the Juice promotion on game days, and this NFL season, they have a $1 million Beat the Spread challenge with thousands of dollars given away each week. Pro football betting is more rewarding at Bet Rivers. Download the app or go to BetRivers.com to bet. This is the Pittsburgh CityCast with Tim Benz, presented by Bet Rivers. Thursday's Pittsburgh CityCast, Tim Benz, Mike Pursuta, brought to you by Bet Rivers. Download the app today or go to BetRivers.com. The Thursday night football game has Steeler implications. It's the Broncos and the Browns, or what remains of the Browns. I'm not sure if we've seen a team since the COVID Ravens have as questionable of a roster at least compared to what their normal roster is going into a game is the one we'll see tonight when the Browns take on the Denver Broncos. Mike Pursuta from the DVE Morning Show and the DVE pregame show in advance of the Steelers, Steeler Radio Network host and Steelers.com as well. With me as he always is once a week and we'll look really deep into the NFL with this being a bye week for the Steelers, but also kind of take a look 30,000 feet at the Steelers when it comes to the bye. Mike, I I can't help though, but look ahead to next week and, and try to figure out when the Steelers do return from the bye, what version of the Browns that they'll see then, as opposed to the version of the Browns that we're seeing tonight or the remnants of the Browns is probably the better way to say it. Yeah. It's really changed the landscape, hasn't it? And that's one of the things you always have to consider in the NFL is injuries are a tremendous factor. Uh, we can break this stuff down to infinite detail in the preseason. And even as the games are played out, but the team you saw, in the second week of September is not necessarily 
the same team you see in the fourth week of October. And that happens throughout the league. This Cleveland situation, uh, really potentially impactful for Pittsburgh, right? Because you still have two games left with these guys. And at the start of the year, you thought, boy, it's going to be really difficult to beat these guys once. And now all of a sudden, uh, you don't have to be the most optimistic of Steeler fans to start thinking ahead as you love to do. Yes. Hey, there, hey there's a couple wins out there down the road. Maybe this three and three records actually five and three and then uh, go from there. So uh, yeah, I'll be as curious as anyone to see what what's left of the Cleveland Browns and how, how that team performs tonight against what we both, I think, agree is a mediocre at best Denver team. Oh, I thought but, they were fraudulent. I haven't said what a fraud team that was at 3-0. Well, not necessarily fraud. I mean, they beat Jacksonville, the Jets, and the Giants, but maybe they can't beat anybody else. Yes, I, I would. All right, I will amend that statement. I wouldn't say that their record was fraudulent. I would say that any claims that they were better than that record were fraudulent. Yeah. How about that? 3-0 and certainly did not project to 14-3. and Precisely. Um, and that is a bad, bad Broncos team, I think, based on what I saw at Heinz Field. You know, to your point about how different a team can be week to week, you know, I don't think the Steelers' offense has been that different throughout the course of this season. I think the offensive line has gotten a little bit better and the run game has gotten a little bit more prominent. But, you know, we've seen more fluctuations based on personnel and the defense than we have the offense. Yeah, I, and I'm – a lot of people are down on the defense after Seattle got back in the game Sunday. I am not because I thought the defense rose up and made the plays it had to make at the end of regulation when it was still tied and then in overtime to stop the Seahawks from getting ahead or potentially winning it on the first possession and then taking the ball away uh, and, you know, putting it right on the tee for the offense. They didn't have to move the ball at all. and They could still kick the game-winning field goal. Uh, I thought that was a really bad Seattle defense. I still think it's a really bad Seattle defense. And if I'm the Steelers, I would be concerned that they didn't light those guys up at home. I agree. I think more was left on the table by the offense. But then again, I have such low expectations of the offense. You know, that was what's the opposite of irresistible for, force and a movable object. I mean, <laughs> Whatever you think of the opposite is what resistible force and movable <laughs> object. <laughs> yeah, that would be the offense of the Steelers versus the defense of the Seattle Seahawks. You know, the defense for the Steelers, I feel like there's maybe once, twice a year, Mike, we say, geez, the tackling was terrible in that game for the Steelers. And then they tend to fix it for about a month, six weeks. I hope that was the case because the tackling was bad against Alex Collins and company for the Seahawks. Certainly uh, was an emphasis during the one bye week practice they held this week. And everybody was talking about it and they were drilling it. And they were hitting the sleds and doing all the basic stuff. So yeah, I would expect it to get better uh, until like many things, they feel like, okay, we got that covered. And then they'll kind of forget what got them there in the first place. And it'll pop up again. Also from the defense, if one thing, and I don't know how they address this, but you know, if I was going to go into the bye weekend and say, fix one thing on offense, fix one thing on defense, the one thing I'd like to see fixed aside from the tackling which is most obvious after last week, but more of a chronic ongoing concern is they've got to find two other capable defensive linemen. Cam Hayward can't be all three defensive linemen at once or in sub packages. He can't be two guys at once. They are missing two guys and two at Nalualu. I don't know how you get around that, but they got a scheme or coach around it because they don't have the personnel to get around it right now. Yeah. I think the, you know, their best hope, and I, I don't know that it's a great hope, but some of these guys, that they have now have to get better. You know, maybe Carlos Davis gets back and he's a factor. 
Uh, maybe Wormley plays a little bit better. I, you know, you're not going to go out and find Eric Donald on the waiver wire. Right. And um, it is a problem, and the Seattle running was concerning, but uh, I thought the emphasis on taking away DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett was sound. Uh, they had respect. Keith Butler talked about it this week. They had respect for Geno Smith. I know a lot of Steeler Nation did not. I thought he looked good against the Rams. It's the first time I'd seen him play in about five years. Uh, looked like he knew how to throw a football, and they won the game. So, yeah, the running was concerning, but uh, all emphasis from the Steeler camp heading into this season, to, uh, you know, regarding we got to run the ball better, we got to run the ball better. I don't think running the ball beats you in the NFL anymore unless you got Derrick Henry. Uh, you'd like to stop it better, but you got to stop the offense from taking the top off the defense, from throwing it over your head from getting it in the end zone. If you can do that, I don't care if somebody rushes for 130 yards. One thing on offense I'd like to see them do better is throw the ball beyond the sticks on third down. That's driven me crazy all year, and I really lost my temper with it in the Seattle game. You know, the number I keep coming no, back to. Like, you. Yeah, I know. It's, it's rare for All me. All kind of uncharacteristic stuff going on. Benzie losing his temper. <laughs> Benzie looking three weeks ahead. What's next? A conspiracy theory. <laughs> I don't know what the conspiracy theory is when it comes to the offensive coordinator, the quarterback, the wide receivers, but I wonder if they've got some sort of number about the over-under times they throw before the sticks and third down. But it is amazing. Like, the number that just blows my mind, when, when I looked at it, they were 5 of 10 at one point trying to convert third downs against the Seahawks of the four conversions where they failed four of the five conversions where they failed to convert a third down, they still completed the pass anyway. Like they're completing the passes, the fundamental act of snapping the ball to the quarterback quarterback gets time to throw quarterback delivers ball ball is caught by receiver. Those things are happening, but they're all happening short of the sticks. And, and I don't know, is it that hard to run a, third and eight pass route which goes 10 yards as opposed to six yards and hope that the wide receiver catches it and falls forward and and you know compounding that mike a lot of these catches the receiver is standing still with his head facing the quarterback meaning his back is to the scrimmage marker he's getting hit from behind no momentum going forward and that's part of the reason they're getting stuck yeah i feel your pain on that and i think you you hit on the the crux of the problem there at the end if the receiver is stationary and he's got his back to the defense, it's a bad, bad try. If the guys move and they, they do have a lot of plays where they expect to get some yards after the catch, it's, uh, it's coincidentally you bring this up because I'm working on a, a story that's going to run tomorrow, Friday, on Steelers.com about first half highlights. And one of them was the Najee Harris touchdown against the Raiders, his first professional touchdown. That was a third and 10 and he caught the ball about five or six yards short of the sticks, but they had him isolated on a safety, and it was one-on-one -on -one coverage, and they expected him to beat that guy like a drum and catch it and move the ball up the field. And I don't know if they were expecting him to get in the end zone, but he did. They are counting a lot on the crossing stuff on the guy doing something after he catches the ball, but if the ball's not quite where it's supposed to be or the timing's off a little bit, then uh, you know the odds decrease of them getting that done. Uh, hopefully uh, a lot of the talk yesterday, you and I were both down on the South side Wednesday, uh, in the fighting city of Pittsburgh, uh, talking with wide receivers coach Ike Hilliard. And he thinks things are going to get better 
uh, if they can establish the run a little more, then some of the pat play action passes will pop better uh, either before or behind the sticks. The Steelers over under now is seven and a half. And it's even money split minus 112 on either side of that over or under seven and a half. You know, if Cleveland is, here's me looking three weeks. For wins. Yes. You can yeah. jump on that. No, I'd jump on that. I've already jumped on nine. If I could jump back, I would, but. <laughs> yeah, at seven and seven, a half. Seven and a half doable. Because they got the Lions and Bears just around the corner, both at home after the Browns. You know, if the Browns are as beat up in 10 days as they are tonight, if not maybe more then I like the Steelers' chances of going on the road on Halloween and beating Cleveland. That's not impossible with all the injuries that Cleveland has. So that could be four. And then you're talking about the Bears and the Lions. That's very easily could be six. Then you need two more. They can find two more along the way. Um, you know, maybe they get the return game against the Bengals. Um, what about the Vikings? Like, there, there's at least two more. Like I don't know if they get to ten, but I think they can get to eight. Yeah, I had him getting the nine, you know, before the season. The number I got was eight and a half. And I thought all along three and three in the division. And I still, even though they lost to the Bengals at home, I still think that. I, I don't think it's ordained that they're going to get swept by the Ravens. I mean, we've all watched AFC North football for a long time now. And funny things happen in these division games. But with Again, with Cleveland's uh, staggering, at least here, you know, in the here and now, how long is this going to last? How how diminished are the Browns going to be? Does Baker right. Mayfield come back at anything resembling what we thought Baker Mayfield could be when he comes back? And I, you know, I never thought he was going to be the all pro quarterback, but I thought he was in a good position with that team. And, and he was the right guy to push the buttons and pull the strings and make all that good talent around him work. And uh, I'm not a real case Keenum fan. I'll tell you that. No, I, I don't think you should be. And we heard Von Miller's quote, this week where he said he was going to have a huge game and he was going to kill whatever tackle was across from him. That that's a good point by Vaughn to couch it that way. Cause he doesn't know which tackle it's literally going to be, <laughs> whether it's going to be Jedrick Wills, whether it's going to be Jack Conklin or one of their backups. But I think it's case Keenum, the one that should be worried about getting killed. Not so much the tackle that he's running by, you know what I mean? Yeah, it's uh, it, it's not an ideal situation. And uh, Denver's probably salty based on what's going on, uh, what's gone on of late with the Broncos. And I, if I got problems blocking people and I got to play Vaughn Miller, I got a problem. Looking at the AFC North futures right now, Mike, the Steelers are at plus 1600 to win that the longest odds. Uh, the Bengals are third at plus 1000. Then the Browns at plus 350 and the Ravens right now are a minus 250 winner. Um, how do you feel about those numbers? Uh, you know, I didn't, I've been very uh, skeptical of the Steelers chances of making the playoffs all along. That's why I went with the season total preseason and as opposed to a playoffs future. But I'll tell you what, Tim, you look at it and we've, you know, we've emphasized how shaky Cleveland is right now with seven teams getting in. You look at those standings and who they're competing with. Uh, you, you know, most of the spots we can assume are, are spoken for, but you don't got to beat uh, the 85 bears to, to sneak into the seventh seed. So, uh, you know, if that's something you, you like to do, Hey, go for it. But uh, I, I was more focused on the total and I would still be more focused on the total more seven and a half than uh, where it's going to get them. It's plus two ninety five to make the playoffs right now for the Steelers. That sounds pretty sweet as well. 
it's intriguing, but that's a, that's a bit of a leap of faith, but not certainly not a bridge too far. Minus 400, I think, would be a bridge too far to bet against them, though. Yes. Yeah, bad odds there. Yeah, so that's kind of where I think they are, at least in terms of futures. The Ravens at minus 250 to win the division. That, that sounds about right. For the Super Bowl, the Chiefs are still plus 700. The only teams with lesser odds than them or more narrow odds than them, the Bills and the Buccaneers at plus 550 each. Is that too much faith in the Chiefs right now? I kind of think it is. I'm sorry, they're plus 700? Yeah, they're plus 700 to win the Super Bowl. Oh, to win it? Yeah. Well, I don't know. I, I, I assumed we were going to get to this when we start actually talking about games, but I think Kansas City's back, baby. I saw the second half of that uh, game against the Washington football team, and Springsteen's got a new album out, and it's much <laughs> more it's much more born to run than it is Nebraska. <laughs> All right, well, we can do that when we come back. We'll start talking about the rest of the NFL uh, we'll get into the Thursday night game first to start. We've talked about all the injuries facing the Browns and how fraudulent I think the Broncos are. We'll actually pick the game when we come back. A little on the Chiefs and then plenty more across the AFC and the NFL as we continue on a Thursday Pittsburgh CityCast. Mike Pursuta, Tim Bench, you shaking things up on the bye week schedule-wise, but still plenty of football to discuss. We've got college coming around the corner too. This is the Pittsburgh CityCast. Bet River Sportsbook wants you to be in control of your football bets. That's why players love the same game parlays at Bet Rivers. Same game parlays let you mix and match player props and game bets and gives a payout boost to the winning combinations you want to root for. Combine two bets or combine many. You pick your confidence level and then watch the game unfold. Bet on same game parlays at betrivers.com or download the Bet Rivers app. Presented by Rivers Casino Pittsburgh. Must be 21. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler. Believe it or not, the Browns are still favored against the Denver Broncos tonight, despite their massive list of injuries. It's a uh, one-and-a-half-point line right now in favor of the Browns, over-under at 41. Apparently, Vegas thinks about as much of the Broncos as you do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess they believe they're fraudulent as well. Teddy Bridgewater will start for the Broncos. I don't know how that makes you feel one way or the other. The money line is plus 105 in Denver. Cleveland minus 118. I like the under in this game, given all the injuries, Mike, and I like the Broncos. I just think the injuries might be too much for Cleveland to overcome. Really low total, 41. Um, I, I can't go anywhere in this game with any uh, conviction. If it, you know, if it's Thursday night football and you got to play it, I would play the under, and somehow, for some reason, and I can't tell you why, I would play Cleveland, but I'm not going to. I just – I thought the Browns were a really good team coming into the season, and this might be one of those uh, circle the wagons type games. If, well, if, if they, they win it, they are going to have to win it like 10 to 7 or something. If like they that. got some heart, if they got some character, um, they'll find a way to figure it out. It's, you know, shouldn't take Einstein to figure out how to beat the Broncos, even when you're limited. Uh, but I don't trust anything in this one. I, I am going to watch because I'm real curious to see what Cleveland looks like because of the impact on the Steelers the rest of the way. Um, Denver, without its deep threat wide receivers, Hamler and Judy, is really challenged offensively. And maybe Miles Garrett finds a way to wreck the game, kind of the way TJ Watt did. Um, and Cleveland can, uh, you know, pull one out of the backside. Well, if they want to work the short middle to Fant, you know, or, or Sutton or Tim Patrick, whoever. Uh, that gets a little easier without uh, Owusu Kamura in there. He's out as well for Cleveland. It does, but, the, 
But Denver has coaches too. And what if they decide to use Fant as a blocker to prevent Miles Garrett from wrecking the game again? That was worked brilliant. out so great against TJ Watt and the Steelers, right? That was brilliant. Yeah. Let's take right. our best pass catching threat and make a block all day. See, I don't know if he's their best pass catching threat. I thought he is, he is without those two burner guys. I thought that they should have paid more attention to Sutton than Fant. I think they kind of put themselves yeah. in that position. They talked themselves into that Fant thing a little too much, I think. I, I think Sutton's just a guy. He I, might I mean, be. He's tall and he can he can catch some. Uh, I think Tim Patrick's just him. a guy. But yeah, I, I, I think Sutton's too. better I, than that. I just think, you know, without the, the threat of the, the two speed guys who are both, I think, really good, that's a significant. Now they're one dimensional. And it's think, either run or short pass, and you should be able to deal with that. I think Tim Patrick's a good third wide receiver on a team like the Steelers if they have two good wide, you know, number one and number two. Like everything we're trying to turn Juju into, um, you know, being a number two or a number one. Well, Tim Patrick could be a real number three if Juju had been a legitimate number one. You know, like that's the kind of level player I think he is. But um, you love the Chiefs, huh? You like the bounce back for them after – Last week against the Washington football team, you like the second half that much? I do. Can... I, I watched that game with great interest. I mean, I, we were talking last week, and I was very uncertain going into the weekend. I said I wasn't going to play much, although I might at the last minute. Yeah. And I know people aren't going to care about this because they're going to say, oh, yeah, sure, you say now you won on this and that. You didn't tell us Thursday. Uh, sorry. But I did end up teasing Kansas City, uh, and I was watching that game. And they were trailing, I think it was 13-10 going into halftime. And three interceptions from Patrick Mahomes in the first half, the last of which they were in the scoring area. They were going to get at least a field goal at the end of the first half. And he was getting sacked, and he just threw the ball up in the air, and it got picked. Incredibly stupid play on his part. And I remember thinking, Kansas City is not going to keep turning the ball over like this. It just can't happen. And lo and behold, in the second half, it did not. And I wound up taking Kansas City minus six for the second half. And they came out and had a crappy possession first time in the third quarter. And then their last three complete drives before kneel down time were long touchdown drives. And they were converting every third down. And Mahomes was doing the scramble around and give a little right-handed backhand shovel pass to Kelsey at just the right spot. And they Tim, they just looked like the Chiefs again. Something clicked. You know, these teams that have a lot of success, uh, and I'm talking about, you know, winning a Super Bowl and then playing in a Super Bowl, sometimes regular seasons, they're not the most interested of participants early on. And I think the Chiefs had just enough frustration and failure that they realized what they have to do to get back to where they were. And it looked to me like they clicked. And I really like the Chiefs to score a lot of points here moving forward, as Mike Sullivan might say. And I like the Titans to score points, too. And that might be another question of this game is if you think that the Chiefs are back to who they're supposed to be, how about the Titans? Are they after beating Buffalo last week? You like 57 and a half? For the over? Yeah. Or whatever it is. I'm, I'm scrolling here trying to yeah. find it. Yeah, uh, I think it's 57 yeah, 50, and a half. 57 and a half. That is. That's high. A lot. That is a lot, but I like, Tennessee, City, run, Tennessee runs the ball to score. They don't run the ball to run out the clock. You know? Correct. That's how good Derrick Henry is. And my, my, how impressed I am with the chiefs, Tim, that second half has nothing to do with the Kansas city defense. 
No, the Kansas City defense still stinks, which is part of the reason why I wonder if Tennessee can outscore them. Like, I, I was more – I was feeling better about this Chiefs game when I was low on the Chiefs but lower on the Titans. Now I think the Titans are coming back, and I don't know if the Chiefs are that much better than what I thought they were a couple weeks ago because they I still worry about their defense. I like the five and a half in that one, and right. I kind of I kind of like the over. I love it, but uh, wouldn't wouldn't be surprised if that over hits. I'd certainly I would be more inclined to bet over than under, even at fifty seven and a half. Can I interest you in a three team straight parlay between the Rams, Buccaneers, and Arizona Cardinals? Sure. Yeah. Minus fourteen thirty for the Cardinals. That might be the biggest money line I've seen in an NFL game. Minus fourteen thirty. Uh, Tampa Bay minus 670 the Rams minus 910 the spreads are as follows 17 and a half in favor of the Cardinals against the Texans Tampa Bay 12 and a half against the Bears and then the Rams 15 point favorites against the Lions remember the Lions and Bears both come to Pittsburgh after they go to Cleveland following the bye yeah I, you know I think Tampa is is probably the most likely to cover Detroit's a hard team to get a feel for because it's competed hard in some games, most games, but it's also been blown out. Um, the bears stink, but boy, there's some big numbers. Oh, they're huge numbers. And Seven, that, that Arizona Houston thing is uh, college esque. I, I can't remember the last NFL line I've seen. It was 17 and a half. I'm not even used to seeing money lines that big for an NFL game. 14-30, my goodness. Now, if you did a parlay, so what are you looking at? Like 11.5 or 11 for the Cardinals. Uh, you're looking at 6.5 for the Bucks. You're looking at 9 for the Rams. Uh, not sure what that comes back at, but... Uh, you, you like the parlay with the uh, point spreads better than the money lines? They're all going to certainly win outright, correct? I would think so. So you go for the parlay. Yeah, I see no upset potential in any of those games. Yeah, neither do I. Neither do I. Uh, unless something were to happen to one of the quarterbacks. Uh, if something were to happen in-game to the quarterback, that's where you can get started on one of That them. is always a concern, yeah. I, I I don't know what Arizona looks like without Kyler Murray, but I don't think even Arizona wants to find out. You'd have to do some creative number manipulation if you want to get in a lot of games if you're scared about the money lines or things of that sort. Now I'm looking also at the AFC North game. The other one, aside from Cleveland, and that's the Bengals playing the Ravens And right now, Baltimore is a six and a half point favorite against the Bengals. I like the Ravens and I like the six and a half points. How about you? Uh, that's a lot in an AFC North game. I'm uh, more inclined to go over 47 in that one. I'm not buying the Baltimore defense, even, even though after what they did to Los Angeles, huh? Correct. Um, I, I think that was an example of a team that's not used to playing the Ravens, not understanding what they do and not being ready for the physicality, which even when they play bad, they hit you. Um, I, I'm, I'm down on Joe Burrow. Uh, and I think they're going to run the ball with Mixon. Uh, I think that's a close game. And I, I like the over. What if I gave you a, uh, teaser or a parlay on the Jets and the Giants going up against the Patriots and the Panthers. So if I gave you the uh, Jets say at plus 13 and the Giants at plus 10 or plus 9. Nah, I tell you what, I, I'm, I'm not trusting Carolina without McCaffrey and the Patriots are my uh, They're your bogey tonight, team, right? So I'm staying off of them. How long has that been the case? You said that's gone back all the way to when they were dominating games? 
several years. The Patriots. It's one of the reasons why I hate them. <laughs> That's certainly understandable for multiple reasons. Uh, what else we got here? Oh, what about Washington? After you saw Washington get skewered by Patrick Mahomes, they're going up against Green Bay. That's a pretty lofty spread too. Eight and a half points for the Packers. I think they can cover that at home, don't you? I got one more for you here on the pro side, Tim. Uh, Vegas minus three hosting Philadelphia. Yeah. Uh, I'm back on the Vegas bandwagon. I don't know that uh, Vegas necessarily rallied around the special teams coordinator taking over for John Gruden, but uh, whatever happened against the Bears, I think was an outlier. I think that team could score points, and I don't think Philly will keep up. I like the Colts getting four at San Francisco for Sunday night. Can't, I don't know what to think of the Colts either. I think they're playing better. That's what I think. And I don't, and I think that 49ers are stagnant possibly, but I just, I like, I like Vegas. Uh, that would be my uh, NFL play of the week. One more uh, from Monday night, just to look ahead a little bit, New Orleans, the Seahawks, boy, we're getting a lot of primetime Geno Smith, aren't we? So I think plus five for the Seahawks. Yeah. I think they can cover that at home against New Orleans. I don't think New Orleans coming off the buy, maybe a little ragged. I don't know. I think I'm going with the Seahawks there. That's another over for me, Tim, 42 and a half. Gino does just enough to uh, push that over a low 40 total. All right, when we come back, we'll start looking at college, look at Pitt and Clemson. That's the big college one for us to keep an eye on in Pittsburgh. That's coming up next here in the Pittsburgh CityCast. Bet River Sportsbook wants you to be in control of your football bets. That's why players love the same game parlays at Bet Rivers. Same game parlays let you mix and match player props and game bets and gives a payout boost to the winning combinations you want to root for. Combine two bets or combine many. You pick your confidence level and then watch the game unfold. Bet on same game parlays at betrivers.com or download the Bet Rivers app. Presented by Rivers Casino Pittsburgh. Must be 21. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler. Pick Clemson. That's the big college game of the day in Pittsburgh. One of the biggest ones nationally as well. The perception that Clemson is done, at least for now, in the ACC and that Pitt is the new team in the ACC. Only two teams ranked in the ACC right now, Wake Forest and Pitt. Does Pitt pit, Mike, or do they win? I, I think the latter, Tim. You know, we talked last week about Pitt going down to Virginia Tech and uh, you and I were both uh, accepting those uh, Hokies points gleefully. Yes. You know, your great understanding of the ACC and uh, my understanding of Pitt, having lived here as long as I have, I think if Pitt was going to Pitt, that would have been it. And what I saw instead was a team that was able to dominate, not because its quarterback was playing like a Heisman candidate and just throwing it all over the yard and lighting it up, a running game, a defense, uh, a relentlessness, a will to just constrict that game. And really, Virginia Tech never had a chance. I think maybe I'm going to hate myself for saying this tomorrow, Tim, but I think Pitt turned a corner at Virginia Tech. I think Clemson is staggering, uh, hasn't scored points all year, very good defensively, but I think uh, Pitt is ready to take the next step. And I love Pitt minus three. I love Pitt minus three. I just think Pitt's better. I've seen Clemson a couple times this year, and their offense is wretched. I yeah. like the under at 47 and a half. Their defense is good. Their defense is the best that I think Pitt will have seen so far. I think that's going to be a problem for Kenny Pickett and company. So I do like the under at 47 and a half, but I think Pitt is actually better I think they win a relatively low-scoring game, and then I wait for the other shoe to drop. 
<laughs> then that's you know, what I do. That's where they could pit. I think they could pit after beating Clemson. Like, do they lose to Virginia? Do they lose to North Carolina on a Thursday night as they've done a couple times? Like, those are the games that I worry about more for Pitt. I think they win this one. Yeah, I think they're going to have a big crowd. I think they're pointing at this. They got crushed last year by Clemson. Uh, I think that's a factor in college games. Um, and, and again, getting back to the way Pitt won at Virginia Tech, you know, Pat Narduzzi took a lot of crap after that Western Michigan game. And his MO is he runs his defense the way he runs his defense. And if people are beating it, he doesn't necessarily adjust. He just demands that they play it better. He's a big believer that when it's executed properly, it can be swarming and suffocating. And uh, God help me, when I was watching Pitt play last week, I was seeing Michigan State in 2013 and 2014. Pitt's defenders, Tim, weren't worried about being blocked on the way to the ball. They were worried about one of their teammates getting there first and making the play ahead of them. And it was a feeding frenzy. And uh, that kid running the ball, I can't pronounce his name, but I think even uh, Narduzzi said they're going to take the or off of the depth chart. He's, he's the guy now. And, uh, you Easy, know, you're talking about it. Yeah. You don't have to blow Clemson out. You can play it smart. You can punt the ball. You can play a field position game. You can play an NFL style game in an NFL style stadium. And eventually Pitt is going to score more points than Clemson. Number three, I think is a gift in this game. I, I would have thought, uh, five or six. Well, you know, what's happening. Pitt fans know who they are and they're not gambling it up because it actually came out at four. I mean, it's, it's gone down. The money's coming in on Clemson, at least based on the lines that I've seen from Bet Rivers, it went down to four. So, I mean, that shows me that Pitt fans, as gleeful and excited as they are about this game, they're hesitant about the result. There's not much confidence in the enthusiasm, if you will. Well, I'm here to tell you, for what it's worth, don't hesitate. Don't, don't, don't doubt this one. I, I think a lot of people nationally wrote Pitt off after Western Michigan. I think a lot of people locally wrote Pitt off after Western Michigan, but you know, college football is a funny game and things happen early in seasons and a loss early, particularly a non-conference loss isn't a deal breaker. It, it can be overcome. And I, I think Pitt is going to start making an argument here. Uh, you're looking ahead to the Virginias and Carolinas. That's, that is a, uh, I, I feel you on that. I hear you. I get it, but I think this Saturday, a staggering Clemson team goes down and goes down hard. And I think what we're seeing is, you know, it's long been said that Clemson's skill guys belie the offensive line sometimes. That for as good as Clemson is, they don't produce and don't have the kind of offensive linemen that normally that you would expect repeatedly for a team that's as good as they are. But their skill guys are fantastic. Their wide receivers are fantastic. Their quarterbacks have been good. ETN, they've had good running backs over the years as well. Um, but their offensive line gets pushed around, and the skill guys right now I don't think can make up for it. I think it's a real interesting point. I think it's not uh, dissimilar to what's been happening with the Steelers. You know, right. the offensive line's been bad, but it's not the offensive line every play all the time, and it's always the offensive line's fault. If you're good enough skill-wise, you're going to have a chance to take your shots. You hear Mike Tomlin all the time talk about splash makes up for a myriad of poor execution, but you got to count on the receivers to run the right routes. You got to count on them to catch the ball. You got to count on the quarterback to throw it to the right spot. A lot of things have to happen for that 
athletic ability to transition into splash. And that's not happening enough for Clemson either. Cause I think the quarterback's a problem as well. And I, I didn't think that going into the season, No, neither but, did I. but, but I started really second guessing myself when I was lucky enough to attend in person, the Clemson Georgia game. And yeah, Georgia's got a great defense and I understand how Clemson couldn't move the ball up and down the field against the Bulldogs, but Boy, everything was a struggle. Everything they struggled was a struggle. against Syracuse's defense for crying out loud. Yeah, and I think they're gonna. I, I think Pitt, Pitt can play defense when it's locked in the way it was against Virginia Tech. I think Pitt's gonna be hard to score against as well. Kenny Pickett's sixth on the board right now for the Heisman at plus two thousand. Yeah, I like Kenneth Walker to third of Michigan State to win it, but that could be just me. Yeah, that might be a little bias. Uh, let me see. What oh, it's a is. lot of bias. It's a lot of I, I think that kid deserves a trophy for getting me back into Spartan football. He's uh, plus 1,200. That's fourth. Bryce Young, Matt Corral, and C.J. Stroud are in front of him. Bryce Young, the Alabama quarterback, is the favorite right now at plus 150. I guess that's yeah. more or less betting on Alabama more than it is betting on him. Speaking of which, yeah, we want to get to that next. Yeah. And again, I'll apologize that uh, I didn't see this coming on Thursday when we talked last week, but you know, Alabama had not covered, I think three times this year, not covered three by, times. By the way, since you brought up the, the spread, uh, Clemson's 0 for 6 against the spread this year. Well, there you go. More uh, pile on. And this is uh, the first time they've been an underdog in an ACC game since uh, 2014 against Florida State. They, they have not been an underdog in an ACC game since then. So the indicators, as well as our, as well as my intuition, at least is, yes. uh, is yes. lean and pit. But you know, when I started looking on Saturday at Alabama minus 17 at Mississippi state, and a thought creeped into my head, how many times do you get a chance to bet on Alabama after a loss? <laughs> not, not a non-cover, not yeah. a gambling loss, but an actual loss where those guys have to stare an L in the face, which is unacceptable down there. And, you know, 49 to nine. Uh, and it wasn't that close. Hosting Tennessee this week, I think the, uh, the tide is still smarting from having been beaten. Um, I think the pedal is still down. And Tennessee's played better of late, but I still think Tennessee is slappy. And Sorry, now Alabama remote. Think it, thinks it needs to show out to make sure it gets itself a playoff bid. Thank you. Yeah, I, th I think this one gets ugly fast and uh, continues rolling downhill for the tide. Uh, it's 20, 25, I think. Uh, scrolling uh, here, trying to find it on the uh, Bet Rivers app. But whatever it is, I think it's Alabama 40-something and Tennessee less than 10. 25 and a half is the spread over under 67 and a half. Alabama is a 2,500 money line. <laughs> yeah, uh, no need to go there. Give the 25 and a half. I saw, speaking of the playoff, if Pitt goes unbeaten the rest of the way, if they run the table and they win the ACC, there is 68% chance of getting into the college football playoff, and I don't know how that's possible. I can't see how that's possible, even if they run the table, because Georgia and Alabama are both getting in, right? Unless, I guess, Georgia beats Alabama. Does a two-loss Alabama team get in? I think so. Maybe, maybe not. I don't know. But if they do, there's one less spot for Pitt. Come All on the more reason for Nick Saban to pile it on the rest of the way till he gets to that SEC championship game. All right. The Big Ten, if the Big Ten champion comes out with one loss, the Big Ten champion is in. Oregon with one loss is in front of Pitt. Notre Dame with one loss is in front of Pitt. Cincinnati's in front of Pitt. The winner of Oklahoma State, Oklahoma, is going to be in front of Pitt. Like, I don't see how you just say, 
for them, if they win out, then it's a 68% chance that they get in. The ACC doesn't have that kind of clout if the ACC team associated with it is something other than Clemson. I'll tell you, Tim, I've never understood these percentage things and, and how people come up with this in the in-game stuff. And So-and-so has an 89.5% chance to win early in the third quarter. Whatever. I'm a week-to-week guy. What do you have on the Big Ten? I know you always like your Big Ten plays. I do. Um, I like uh, the Ohio State University taking on Indiana uh, at Indiana. The Hoosiers getting 21 at home. Ohio State coming off a bye. Ohio State has been uh, steadily ratcheting it back up since that Oregon game. Indiana's had a brutal schedule. Uh, I think I think four top 10 teams. Uh, and they get another one this week. And Indiana had a real chance to beat Michigan State last week and kept finding ways not to win the game. The good quarterback is hurt and has been effective, has been ineffective. The other quarterback just isn't dynamic enough to, for them to keep up with uh, a team such as Ohio State. Hoosiers have a good defense. They're a better team than their record indicates, but they are having one of those years, Tim. The Darlings last year, and they're finding out how tough it is to replicate when you haven't been there for a long time. Uh, Ohio State is going to have at least half the fans at Bloomington, I'm guessing. Uh, it's not going to be much of a road game. And 21, not enough. Go Buckeyes this week. I look at Syracuse, and I see them playing Virginia Tech from the ACC. Virginia Tech, after losing at home to Pitt in the fashion that they did, I think Syracuse has had it up to their eyeballs with close but no cigar wins against teams that they thought they could beat, even though the Vegas line said they shouldn't beat. I think they're worn down by that, and I think Virginia Tech gets a three-point win easily over Syracuse. I, I will trust your Syracuse knowledge. Uh, a little bit of the same dynamic that I see with Indiana. You, just, you can only take so much, wow, we almost won that. And then eventually you realize, well, we're losing every game. Uh, another one I like in uh, my beloved Big Ten Conference, and I don't care who plays quarterback for Penn State, Illinois stinks. Penn State is coming off a bye. Penn State got to still be salty after that Iowa game. And this is a James Franklin special. Uh, he's playing a team that uh, he's got the much better squad. He's at home. Uh, Illinois coming off uh, a 24-0 loss to Wisconsin. Might get shut out again. Uh, certainly isn't going to score very many. Even the head coach, Brett Bielman, the first-year guy, uh, came out publicly this week and said words. I can't remember the exact quote, but he said words to the effect, well, really nobody in our too deep this year has done anything positive. <laughs> uh, just reamed out his whole team. I don't know if he's trying to motivate or what. Uh, I think Illinois, uh, they're not going to shut the buses off. The engines are going to keep running when they let them off to enter Beaver Stadium. And uh, they're just going to be looking forward to that long flight home back to Champaign. Uh, 23 Nittany Lions minus 23. It's probably 38 to three, something like that. Do I like LSU plus nine at Ole Miss? Go Tigers. Yeah, exactly. The coach O factor, the Earl Bruce factor. Think they love coach O. I think they like him enough to cover nine against Ole Miss. That's what I think. Yeah. I think they liked him a lot better with Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase. <laughs> <laughs> How about Brett Venables compared Kenny Pickett to Joe Burrow? Do you see that? Well, they both play quarterback. They both play quarterback. They're both super seniors. I think that's where he was going with the quote, but I see it, but I have to squint to see it. It's much easier to see Joe Burrow as the number one overall pick. I'm going to give you one more out of the Big Ten, a spike pick for me. 
All right. And, and take this for what it's worth. I'm not going to play it heavy, but I'm going to play it just on principle. Purdue really uh, stuck it up Iowa's backside and mine. I last warned week. you about Purdue last you week. You did. I'm not buying the boilers, Tim. No. Uh, Bucky's had a lot of tough games as well, uh, losses to ranked teams. Purdue is not uh, in the class of the teams Wisconsin has lost to. I still think Wisconsin's a really good program. Uh, given three on the road at West Lafayette, one of the ugliest towns in America. Uh, I'm, I'm back at Bucky just because. All right, it's a bye week for the Steelers, but not for the Pittsburgh City cast. Hopefully you got a lot of info there, college pro, and on the Thursday night game specifically. We're going a little early this week because of the Browns and the uh, Denver Broncos and the Steelers playing the Browns next week. We will be back next week on the City Cast. Later on uh, this weekend, make sure you are with us on Sunday. Matt Williamson will join us for a full NFL breakdown as well. This is the Pittsburgh CityCast brought to you by Bet Go Tigers! Bet River Sportsbook wants you to be in control of your football bets. That's why players love the same game parlays at Bet Rivers. Same game parlays let you mix and match player props and game bets and gives a payout boost to the winning combinations you want to root for. Combine two bets or combine many. You pick your confidence level and then watch the game unfold. Bet on same game parlays at betrivers.com or download the Bet Rivers app. Presented by Rivers Casino Pittsburgh. Must be 21. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler. Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was so cool. I think you're so talented. Social media is only positive with Zigazoo, the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. In Zigazoo, all community members are verified kids like yours, and all content is fully human-moderated. Try out Zigazoo this spring break. Download the Zigazoo app today. CNN Underscore's Guide to Sleep has tons of recommendations for products that can help you get the best night's sleep ever. All right, let's face it. Most of us have had trouble falling or staying asleep at some point. And there are a lot of products and hacks claiming to be the solution to our sleepless nights. That's why the CNN Underscored team spend hundreds of hours testing products to find the ones that can make a huge difference in the quality of your slumber. Visit Underscored.com now for our ultimate guide to getting better sleep. Hi, I'm Antonia Blythe, and this is 20 Questions on Deadline. Joining me today is Alison Bree. Welcome, Allison. We got second place in my seventh grade lip sync contest for one of the songs on that album. The one that was like, you've already won me over. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. It's a very all slow. The, all the options. In spite of me. Like, what did we do? It's so slow. <laughs> Don't forget to listen to 20 Questions on Deadline. Thank you again, Allison. Thank you. Are you looking to step up to a 4K smart TV? One that gives you unparalleled clarity and picture resolution? Then we've got good news for you. Because the Vizio 65-inch V-Series 4K smart TV is now just 348 With all your favorite apps built in, you can stream straight out of the box. You can even sing along to all your favorite music and radio on the iHeartRadio app. Looking for a smaller or bigger screen? Vizio offers unbeatable prices on all V-Series 4K smart TVs. Head to Walmart.com today and score the 4K TV you've been waiting for.